I think you want to do it just because you're curious and you want to see the world. Don't collect countries. Go where you want to go and let your curiosity guide you. I mean, we've been to some countries several times when we could have gone to other countries. We've been to different parts of certain countries because in our mind, it was more important and more meaningful to go visit other parts of of the same country than go to another country. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list. When you find something impactful for your journey, we invite you to share the episode with one other person and leave an honest rating or review of the show. This is an amazing way for you to gift those feelings of inspiration and joy to others. Now let's start crossing it off together. Welcome everybody to this special episode and I am so excited for my guests, plural. I don't usually have that opportunity to interview two folks at once. So I'm excited that Scott and Emily McKay are here with us. They describe themselves as fun, interesting, curious, and humorous. And I'm excited that they're here. Scott, Emily, welcome. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. I love the topic we're talking about. I'm a huge fan of bucket lists and travel and everything we've got on the slate today. So I'm excited. Awesome. So tell our listeners, what is the, what is the thing you crossed off your list that we're going to talk about? Well, me personally, I succeeded at marrying the half Latina version of I Dream of Genie. <laughs> there you go. Well, congrats. <laughs> Which is an amazing accomplishment and I highly recommend it. Matter of fact, all you guys out there, if you're single, the way I screen, I would screen a woman is to watch an episode of I Dream of Genie with her. And if she's offended, she's not your future wife. <laughs> that, that's what I would say. What was your low bar, Emily? My low bar? <laughs> First Scott. That's a good question. Um, Wherever it was, it probably didn't serve the good the good bourbon. <laughs> oh, the bar where you kissed me. Uh, oh, oh no, I meant just like the standard I, that you, you kept. I know, I know. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> awesome. So, so what is this item you crossed off your list? Oh, I wanted a guy who had great character and who could appreciate me and who was just genuinely wonderful. And I accomplished that. And good in bed. I great in bed. Right. Not just good. That would be that would be a low bar, right? That's I didn't right. have a low bar. <laughs> nice. I don't even understand the question, frankly. I, I don't have that in my vocabulary. But Roger, I think uh, obviously what we were all gathering here to discuss is Emily and I having visited enough places globally to qualify to join what's called the Traveler's Century Club together. Okay. So I had never heard of this before I I was introduced to you all. So I'm very curious about that. But before we get there, what drove you all individually, like before you got married, um, to want to have a bucket list or to travel? Well, for me, my first bucket list was to find a wonderful man to marry him. Check that off. And then I really didn't have anything beyond that, uh, other than children. And we, you know, we were good at that too. We take them with us. Right. But Scott came into the bedroom one day and said, hey, I need you to do something for me. I'm like, what's that? Right. I need- we can't talk about that on this show. <laughs> oh, so, you mean that other thing. Okay. I need you to write a list. about 10 items or 10 places that you want to go. 
I said, okay, he's a, and just give it to me. That's it. And that he didn't add anything else. Right. Yeah. That was it. Just write 10 places you want to go to and give it to me and that, and, and that's it. So I gave him that list and he took it from there. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I, I don't mind solo travel. I've certainly done it before, but I was kind of embroiled in my previous career and I flew a lot from my previous career. So I compiled a whole lot of frequent flyer miles. I just didn't have anywhere pleasurable to go with them, especially without having met my honey yet. So when I met her, we had a couple hundred thousand frequent flyer miles wow. and she was keen on getting preggers, you know? So I said, well, we better go on a couple trips. And I said, would you rather go on two trips flying first class or would you rather, would you rather go on a big trip flying first class or would you rather go on two separate trips flying coach? And she, she indicated the latter and I knew I'd pick the right woman because <laughs> I'm total, totally a cheesecake, cheap cheesecake. I'm not <laughs> much of that. I am a cheapskate though. Okay. And uh, we're also not very large people. So who needs extra seating room anyway? Right. So she indeed put that list together and I took that list and built a trip and I just sprung it on her. I said, we're going to go to this place. And she's like, Oh, that sounds really great. <laughs> and we did it. And I'll tell you though, I have always had a wanderlust mentality. I'm an extremely curious person and I am just fascinated by things that are different than what I'm used to seeing other cultures, going places that are where they speak different languages and eat different food. I, I just have always instinctively known it was going to be different when I had feet on the ground and way than the way I was told it would be by the media or by travel movies, et cetera. For sure. And I've never been disappointed. And I am I am practically still to this day addicted to that feeling of seeing something iconic with my own eyes for the first time. It is just the most incredible rush. And, and the more the rare it is, the the more fun it is. And there's nothing like going somewhere iconic and being the only people there, which is which actually is- like five times ever yeah yeah i was about to say that's a rough thing to do these days with travel i mean 20 years ago you could you know climb machu picchu and be okay or walk the camino and be okay but nowadays it's it's very difficult to find those places that you can be not in an instagram moment but be in an instagram moment at the same time i hear you yeah it's usually when it's bad weather or extremely extremely early right Right. before it's even barely open before it's humanly decent to be awake right before all the tourists have rolled out of bed from their hangover so so when did this uh travelers century club come into the picture you started traveling together and experiencing that and finding joy in that how did you learn about the traveler century club and what was it about it that you said we got to do this well i wanted to go to a whole lot of places and i had on my bucket list go to 100 countries And over the course of my internet travels, I figured out there was a club for such people who were that crazy. (laughs) And it turns out most of them aren't very nice people. They're all very old and very selfish. (laughs) Some of them are very douchey. Uh So it's kind of like when you go to these meetings, it's the one place in the world where you can let your douchebaggery fly freely because Mm. people won't roll their eyes and go, if you tell me one more travel story that I'll never be able to sniff (laughs) in my entire existence, you know, that people really get, get very fed up with you bragging about your travel. So I, I re- we don't really even talk about it. Our family's sick of it. Nobody wants to hear about it. You know, it just doesn't make you very cool to go around talking about, Hey, by the way, did you know, I've been to 110 countries Oh yeah. and, and nobody really even cares because far fewer people are curious, but the traveler century club bills itself as being the world's hardest 
club to join. I can imagine. I mean, when I first looked at it, I was like, wow, this is going to be, you know, a hard thing to accomplish visiting a hundred countries in anyone's lifetime. I spent three months last year traveling and I think I hit six uh, in three months. So I I understand that it's difficult uh, (laughs) for you all, maybe. (laughs) Um, but, But yeah, I think that when did Emily gravitate towards saying, okay, I'll do this with you. Well, right, away. I, right away. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times women get a false sense of security when they have a guy who can help them attain it. Like, mm. uh, like, okay, I have a guy he'll provide, protect, et cetera, you know, and not to be, you know, sexist about it, but I just think women feel like I'm not going there by myself. Mm. Yes. But if he's with me, some reason I feel safe. There are plenty of places we went where there's no way I could possibly have defended us from something catastrophic happening regardless of my gender but yeah emily was game to do the travel thing pretty early on and once we started going and realizing it wasn't so fearsome and it was a lot more adventurous and fun and exceeded our expectations it just kind of it had some momentum attached to it it was like well i've seen this i've seen that and we would talk to our friends who had been this place and that place and it's like well i i can't leave this earth without ever having gone to that place well, that and it's like boiling, boiling the frog slowly. You know, uh, yeah, you got me started true. with the easy places go. to visit. You know, we went to Europe, like Paris, yeah, and Italy. easy ones. Yeah, we went to the easy ones first, and then gradually uh, got more and more challenging to the point where Adventurous. we adventurous. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so you know, it had to be very sterile and very clean. And towards the end of our adventures, you know, I was finally that was out the window. I finally finally overcame it. Had to. Emily, describe the process that you go through together. The first time Scott did this, it was like a surprise. After that, how? What's your process for the two of you to say, okay, this is next? Well, for me, you know, I love visiting and I like adventure. I've always been adventurous, but the world travel, you know, my younger days, I didn't realize was possible. And that's the only thing holding me back. So if I think something's not possible, I don't dare to dream about it. And as long as I know it's possible, I just, I will dream till there's no end. And so when spot, spot. Cheesecake spot. Cheesecake spot. Like I said, if the shoe fits, whatever. Um, so when he made it a reality that, hey, yeah, this is possible. We got airline miles. We can do this. And, you know, you want one one location or two, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, the more the barrier, I'm I'm in 100%. Uh, as long as it's possible, let's do this. And we were, matter of fact, we were on the plane when we were looking online and found another travel place we wanted to go to that was available. And we're trying to order that des- order that package while we're on the plane trying to go to our next destination, to this current destination. We're sick puppies, right? <laughs> we really, really... I mean, yeah, I think we've kind of conquered the addiction a little bit because we've been to all the iconic places, you know, say sure. very few. And I know that sounds like an eye roller, but I mean, it just kind of happens. I, I'm not a country collector. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people who has to go to Mauritania and Chad and, you know, the Orkney Islands or else I'm just not fulfilled. I would rather go to Japan again or to Kenya mm. again, you know, than go to someplace that I really don't even understand why we would go. But there are also places that we've been because they've been on the way or it was easy to plan it, you know, in the process of getting to 100. And we're 110-ish now. Uh, you know, some of those are iffy to count, you know. I mean, yes. 
you know, it's like are Wales and Scotland separate from the UK. Right, right. Know. It's 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 the old fifty states debate, right? It's like right. you know, did I if I drove through it, is am I okay? If I stopped at the gas station, am I okay? You know, you know, just being in the airport's not okay. You know, everyone's right, got yeah. everyone's got their thing, and so you just you have to decide what's best for you and that's right. and go with that. That's right. That's right. Uh, but you know, some people are so such tight wides that like Taiwan dot Taiwan doesn't count. Oh, you know stuff. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah. Galapagos and the Ecuador. Mm. Well, yeah. We'll see the way the travelers and this is boring, so I'll keep it brief. But the way the Traveler Century Club works is what they count as countries are non-contiguous territory. So indeed, the Galapagos would not count as right. So okay. my number, our number for like Traveler Century Club is more like one thirty-five, one forty. But I just don't think Alaska and Hawaii are different countries, you know, right. or that Crete counts or, you know, you know, I just don't, you know. What does it really mean to be a member of this club? Do you like sign up? Do you have to pay dues? Like, how does that work? Well, you sign up, you pay dues and they have quarterly meetings and uh, and that's it. It's really just, a, a, you know, I, I've actually gone out to dinner with guys when they turned up in San Antonio. And I think it was Norman Schwarzkopf who said the famous quote, if you if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I remember going out <laughs> to two guys who, who were members, fellow members. And I, I just had, you know, we were at a chicken wing place and they served a beer. And I said uh, to the guy next to me, he goes, I go, well, so how many countries have you been to? And he just shrugged and kind of looked away and said, all of them. <laughs> I go, well, I mean, you know, help me out with a number there. He goes, uh, like 270. And so the other guy, he was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> There was probably some I, knowledge at that, at that that wings table that you could. And have, I was uh, like, gained. "This is awesome! I can freely talk about this and not be douchey." And I'll never forget those two guys sat at the table next to me, and I was just kind of like, you know, stroking my goatee with a furrowed brow, watching them discuss how they both were familiar with the same lady behind the desk who was kind of quirky, who worked at the same hotel both of them had stayed at in in Angola. <laughs> I'm like great that's just fascinating it's a small world isn't it it is a very small world <laughs> uh, it can be here at the crossing it off podcast we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list we offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey such as web resources in the show notes bucket list mentoring services my book live out your lists a private facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others and more all of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. I think you, yeah. you can make it, a, you can make it a small enough world that you don't experience anything or you can get out there and experience the broader perspective and it makes it small. So I, you know, I'm a big fan of travel. What is one thing from each of you that accomplishing this tasks of, of doing a hundred countries, what was the personal benefit for you or what was the mm. what was something that you walked away from that knowing more about yourself well sky hit that number before i did one trip sooner and so i was finally happy to hit that number and finally get to share that experience with him so i was like yes i finally qualified to join with him that was fulfilling for me but the other thing was next is you know ha- helping the kids acquire that same mm goal and acquire that same thirst and trying to get them to to go to as many places as possible so we've actually gone back to some of the same places 
with the children with us this time. And how how old are they? Well, they're fourteen and ten now. Okay. Yeah, but we've uh, we 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 took Sarah to India when she was four months old. People thought we wow. were nuts, but she wasn't eating the foods. Yeah, she was. She she didn't have to go through that process. Thank goodness. I have a little bit more philosophical an answer. I mean, I echo everything Emily said. Uh, to me, the the great thing about having gone to all these countries isn't so much the bragging rights, although it is extremely fulfilling to have seen the world. Anything you do, anything you accomplish, and I mean the royal you, right? Anything that one accomplishes that is an amazing, you know, an amazing experience. No one, the repo man can't come take that from you. That's right. Your car is going to rust, you know, shoes wear out, your house could burn down or whatever, but no one can ever take away our experiences. And so we really have gone from, you know, the American dream to us is really kind of a fluid thing. Mm. It's not the, not the one that everybody envisions, you know, house in the suburb and a BMW and, you know, 2.3 kids and a dog and a house payment and a job at a cubicle all week long. I, I really honestly believe in freedom and we've built a location independent lifestyle that allowed us to really quote unquote mm. work from anywhere, which gives us the ability to leave a lot. But going around the country, around the world, not only do you see a lot and it's very gratifying to see this beautiful world, but meeting the people, experiencing the culture is an incredibly illuminating experience when you come home and watch the media and watch television. Mm. It also expands your horizon and gets you to think about the bigger picture like God and country and even watching the Olympic Games gets is different after you've been everywhere. And it absolutely kills cultural biases and eliminates racism. I mean, you you just, you hear people talk and you, you hear people say things like, let's turn North Korea into a parking lot. And, and you know, Iran sucks and this, that. And you just realize, you know, you guys need to go there, at least see who you're talking about and meet the people and eat the food before you listen to what the media said. And Again, it, it sounds elitist to talk like this, but you have to understand also, I mean, to me, it's very humbling to go there and realize, you know, I, I love America. I do think America is the greatest country in the world and everybody's whining about America being a horrible place and whatever. Yeah, they need to go visit some places and understand how bad it gets for humanity sometimes. But are there wonderful cultural aspects of of what other people in completely different places do that are just unknown to us, that are mm -hmm. wonderful. And, and most people are completely oblivious to them happening and they're not better or worse. They're just different. Right. And, and people want to introduce them to you and they're fantastic and fun. And, and that's, that to me is the answer to your question. You know, to add to that, uh, that just reminded me of when we do the travels, we get to see how people react and how they behave. And the one thing I think is really fascinating is you go to some of these places that are poor impoverished people are suffering and having a hard time getting through life but some of these cultures or some of these places we've been to the people are so happy and mm -hmm. they're not suffering from depression and sadness and so we kind of figure well what's different now how can we you know enjoy life the way that they enjoy it and, and so it, it's been and it's wonderful to have the kids grow up open-minded and understand that just because someone looks different, eat something different, prays to a different God, doesn't make them better or worse. It makes them interesting. 
Yeah, for and sure. My kids, my kids have had that ingrained into them from an extremely early age, so they haven't had time to get indoctrinated otherwise. Yeah, I I uh, spent thirty days on the Camino de Santiago, and one of the funny things that kept happening was I used to get Eurosplained to everything, like, and people <laughs> would be like, "Well, this is this, and this is that." I'm like, you know, I'm an American. I'm not stupid. You know, <laughs> I know, I know stuff. You know, so it was. It's a reverse thing too, right? It's, uh, you know, I can go there and show that not everybody is so close-minded and that we do know that the rest of the world exists. So I felt like part of my job was to be like, hey, Americans are cool too. <laughs> so um, we can, we can, we can all coexist. It's good. You know, a couple of things come to mind, right? When you said that, first of all, we were talking about the hardest club in the world to join and you mentioned being stupid. I think Mensa would be harder to join if you're stupid. Mm. Yeah. That just is something that came to mind. The other thing is I you go places and you realize people don't really hate Americans. You know, they may not like who our leader is. Right. And that goes in both directions. You go to a place and realize the people aren't their government. They're still mm. humans and we all really should just want to get along and we generally do. I like but that. So American people's people's vision of America, they'll joke about how loud we are and how arrogant we are. But I think people tend to kind of have a pleasant representation of Americans as people, you know, that a lot of them, a lot of it comes from Hollywood. You know, a lot of the guys think all the women are kind of, they watch chicks right. <laughs> and that does happen. Oh yeah. It happens. I, I ran into a bunch of Italian kids and they all wanted to come to America. And I'm like, I don't, because of the women and I'm looking around, you know, I'm like, right. um, your women are just fine. I mean, I don't understand what your need is, but okay. So yeah, for sure. In the time we have remaining, what is something you would say to somebody if they said, well, that Century Travel Club seems like a, an interesting idea. I'd like to visit a hundred countries. What's the piece of advice that each of you would give them uh, if they if they said they wanted to cross that off their list? I would not make joining the club the bucket list. And it mm. wasn't for us either. It's just kind of a neat little feature that you get to literally carry the card that says you've done it. I, I think you want to do it just because you're curious and you want to see the world. Don't collect countries. Go where you want to go and let your curiosity guide you. I mean, we've been to some countries several times when we could have gone to other countries. We've been to different parts of certain countries because in our in our mind, it was more important and more meaningful to go visit other parts of a sa- of the same country than go to another country. A great example of that would be, you know, we went to China. First time we went to Beijing, Hong Kong, Macau. Second time we went to Shanghai and mm. Chengdu. Third time we went to China, we went to Xi'an and took the Trans-Mongolian railway up through the north of, of china very nice. china is a lot to china has so many more interesting things to see within one great country uh you know and again we don't like the politics <laughs> but the country sure is gorgeous and amazing and so absolutely unlike america that it's just can't be fascinating and you know we we went there instead of say some obscure place just simply to go and put foot to ground and go well we can cross that one off and I think we're better. That was a better experience. That was the right thing to do. Emily, what about you? I think for me, a lot of it had to do with what we wanted to accomplish, not so much as location as it was activities. Yes. Mm. You know, you know, walking the plank road. That's yeah, the, the plank road in the sky. Right. Mm-hmm. That was an activity. Or jumping in the devil's pool. 
where it's right there by Victoria's Falls. You jump in and the falls is right there, but you don't fall off into the falls. We see stuff on YouTube and go, dude, we got to do this. God, let's do that. (laughs) And then we build the trip right. And we also watch people on TV and, and, you know, Anthony Bourdain and, and, you know, what is it? Michael Wood or David Wood? The guy who does Michael Wood. Michael Wood does the story of India. We planned our Indian trip around that documentary series. Mm. It was just so amazing. And, you know, we didn't get steered wrong. So, awesome. you know, we get influenced because, you know, everybody gets influenced in some way. But um, one of the things you asked before is I think Emily answered it differently than I would have, but it was how do you decide what to do next? Some of it is seasonal, some of it is the strength of the dollar, some of it is what flights are available. But usually we hop around to different cultural regions. Like we decide we haven't been to Asia in a while. Okay, next trip won't be back to Asia, although we've done that. It'll be to South America. And then we miss Europe. And then we want to go to Sub-Saharan Africa. And then what we do is we build, at this point, four or five week trips about around something that holds together and the flights meet, make sense. And mm-hmm. and we can see a lot while still enjoying it. I'm I'm not a... I'm not one of those travel snobs that says like, well, if I only had 30 days in Moldova, I would find it hard to fit in everything. Yeah. Well, whatever we, we went to Moldova for a day and a half and we felt good about having seen Moldova. There you go. Yeah. I spent two months in Italy and I spent 10 hours in Rome total. And I spent you know, the other two months in Triste and Matera. And, you know, I, I walked 10 miles that day, I think. Uh, through Rome, took the selfies and, and walked on, you know, because everybody back home was expecting you're going to Italy, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And I had I had friends to see and new places to, to visit. I wasn't necessarily totally uh, yeah. into doing what everybody else always says you have to do. So you, you can meet a whole lot of locals and get immersed in a whole lot of local culture in 72 hours. You really can, if, as true. long as you're not lazy and, you know, if you're, I mean, I'm just one of those people, I, I, you know, I can feel fatigued and dragged out and overworked at home. I get somewhere and I've got boundless childlike energy the whole 30 days when we're somewhere else magically, you know? Awesome. Yeah. What is the next thing on your list to cross off? Well, we have Japan planned and that's, you know, Scott and I have been there a few times, but the children have it. And each time we keep asking, where's our next trip? And that's the only one that will come out of their mouths. The kids want to go to Japan with cool. passion. And I want to show them Japan with a passion. <laughs> We've been waiting it, for it is, to open up. Is, yeah, I think it just did, didn't it? Like, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 it did, yeah. finally. Cool. Yeah. That's all you it, need. So, it, boom. Awesome. Yeah, we've been trying to convince them, okay, while it was closed, they're like, let's pick someplace else. So, like, no, Japan. So, <laughs> nice. I guess Japan it is. Well, they're probably awesome. going to go to South America, too, very oh, yeah. soon, whether they like it or not. But. They'll, you know, they're just kids. They'll go, wow, dad, this really is cool. You were right. Like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Scott, Emily, let people know where we can find you on the internet to follow your travels or or whatever else you have going on. If you want to, if you want to talk travel, we have a cool web blog um, website and a podcast associated with it at wingitworldwide.com. But, you know, our bread is buttered by being dating and relationship coaches. We talked about being uh, location independent. Uh, that's that's what we've been doing for 16 years together. And anybody who wants to learn more, maybe listen to a podcast for men or read my first book, which was called Deserve What You Want, which talks about ways you can just be better in your relationships, whether you're a man or a woman right now, go to Scott uh, scottmckay.net, one T, S-C-O-T-M-C-K-A-Y, 
mountaintoppodcast.net. Um, the Mountaintop Podcast is for men mostly, but I do host every 10th show with Emily, and that goes onto another feed for another podcast called X and Y on the Fly, which was actually our first. So all that's just long for whether you're a man or a woman. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's travel-related or dating and relationship stuff, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's an awesome one, and I know it will affect a lot of people. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, it's our pleasure.